Okay, this is uh, Wednesday, Vin Expo, day two. Um, I'm here at the New York wine region. This will be, uh, well, we'll see how we go. She might, Susan Spence might have to take off here, so we'll see what we get. Uh, but ideally, it'll be a, a segment one. <clears throat> hey, this is Christopher Chan, your host of Happy Hour Radio, and I'm still in Hong Kong for Vin Expo 2016. Just across from the Washington State booth is, uh, well, our friends from not little New York, but big New York. New York Wines are here, and uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Susan Spence, Vice President uh, of the New York Wine and Grape Foundation. Uh, Susan Spence, hey, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks very much. Nice to meet you, Christopher. My pleasure. Uh, what a treat. Uh, obviously, uh, we know about New York, and um, Seattle was called Little New York, to be honest, if you knew that little tidbit. Uh, and we actually have a Statue of Liberty as well. Good for you. Everybody <laughs> ought to have one. And uh, obviously, the well, I know a little bit about New York uh, wine history, but I understand you know a lot more. So um, give us a little background on, on how things got started when Leif Erikson came to North America and said, this is Vineland. Is it, is that goes that takes that far back. Well, it does go quite a ways, and we're fortunate enough here at the show to have with us uh, Brotherhood, America's oldest continually operating winery. They started in 1839, so 177 years of winemaking experience in the state of New York there. There were actually some vineyards before that, but they're the oldest continually operating. What was the Brothers Vineyard? or Brotherhood. Brotherhood. Yep. Okay, great. And they're located in the Hudson River region. but. Because they're such a large company making uh, all kinds of wines in various volumes, they are actually a wonderful representative of the whole state because they excess fruit from the Finger Lakes and from Long Island and from Hudson River, some from Lake Erie even. So they cover about four of our five major regions. Right. So let's talk about the five major regions. Uh, if I can remember, there's Long Island, uh, Hudson River you mentioned, uh, Lake Cayuga. Uh, well, Cayuga Lake is actually a sub-appellation oh, okay. of the Finger Lakes. All right. And then there's, uh, so the Finger Lakes, then Lake Erie, out on the western border, and the youngest official region is the Niagara Escarpment up along Lake Ontario. And if I remember my sommelier stuff, let's see, 20 Mile Bench is up there in Niagara. It's a tiny little area. Yeah, and then uh, there was something else. I had a little uh, mnemonic. <laughs> Apparently it's not working very well right now. Um, so how many wineries are in New York State? There are over 400 wineries in New York State now, which is up considerably when you consider in 1976 from the Farm Winery Act was passed that we had 17. In 1976. 76, wow. Only 17 wineries. Right. And for, they were, for all that time. Yeah. They were, um, I mean, wineries came and went between 1839 and 76, of course, and they were the large wineries that all the growers would sell to. And this, the Farm Winery Act allowed the grower to produce and sell their own product direct to retail and restaurant. And it took to 1976 to figure that one out, huh? Yeah. Well, it, it's a, kind of a long story but um, anyway the good news is that now we have people who have more control over their product more more right to be more innovative with what they're growing and producing and you know you grow that to 400 wineries and it seems like it works well let's talk about some of the grapes and perhaps where these grapes are grown in which particular regions let's talk about the white wines you have I understand that uh, New York can be very cold so you you must have some uh, vine hardy or winter hardy grape varieties we do um, of course we have very good success with grapes like Riesling and Chardonnay, but there's also some experimental varieties out there that we work with, 
some of the older varieties, uh, hybrid varieties that were developed in France, like Saval Blanc, but also new varieties developed at our own Cornell University Experiment Station, and also some from the Minnesota varieties that are really cold weather hardy. <laughs> All right, well, let's, what are the, some of the names of those grapes? Those, um, I don't know if I can separate red and white, but... Um, Vito Blanc uh, was one of the uh, French hybrids, right? French hybrid. But for, if you wanted to know about Minnesota, there's Marquette. That's a red. My mom went to Marquette University. There you go. They must have <laughs> named it for her. <laughs> I think it was an Indian tribe. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah, I was uh, speaking with uh, Susan Spence, who's the vice president of the New York Wine and Grape Foundation. Um, so some of the red grapes are obviously the, uh, the common grapes we find in both Washington, California, Oregon. Uh, so Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Pinot Noir, though, huh? Yeah, we do have some nice Pinot Noir, but as you know, it's called the heartbreak grape for a reason. And we don't like to have our hearts broken too many times, of course. But, you know, the Finger Lakes, and uh, there's a little bit on Long Island, a little bit in Lake Erie, and, and a tiny bit in the Hudson River region. But the, uh, that's actually where the Niagara Escarpment thought they might make their name, was with the Pinot Noir. Interesting. Well, um, I understand there's, uh, obviously you have still wines, both white and red, but sparkling wines and dessert wines are important for that region, right? Yes, uh, diversity is our strength. You know, we produce, I don't even know how many different types of grapes we have in New York, and then all varieties of styles. And so I always tell people, if we don't have a wine for your menu, you just haven't tried enough. <laughs> okay, put it right back on their responsibility. Uh, so fun. I think Washington State is growing um, upwards of 40 plus to maybe even 50 grape varieties now. Yeah, that's wonderful. And, uh, it, you know, things like that are, are wonderful and exciting. It's also challenging. It's, yeah. it's hard to, uh, for a region to establish identity. Washington's done a great job with their um Merlot and Lemberger. Yeah, Merlot, right, and uh, <laughs> uh, obviously Riesling, Merlot, and um, yeah, you know, yeah, Chateau Saint-Michel has done a lot for our industry, and in fact, they're the largest producer, um, one of the, the largest Riesling producer in the world, right? Yeah, great. Well, how many, um, when I look at some of the names of these grapes, I see a Delaware, a, a Diamond, um, a Saval Blanc, so, and a Niagara. What are, what are kind of... Um, characteristics do these grapes have? I'm talking about white diamond, white Niagara, and a kind of a pink skin. Looks might be a Pinot Gris sometimes. Yeah, the Delaware is that beautiful pink color. It actually makes a white wine. Uh, it can be very sweet, and it can, it can make a delicious sparkling wine, actually. That's it's one of the, the varieties that the big companies back in the 70s were using Catawba and Delaware to make sparkling wine. Catawba, right. That's yeah. another, uh, that's an indigenous variety for, for North America, correct? Yep, and Delaware is as well. Uh, Diamond is a hybrid, a very old hybrid. Um, Niagara is a was developed in New York State. Actually, in our slideshow here, we have the picture of the original Niagara grapevine. Oh, very cool. Um, one of the names that I'm familiar with, and I think a lot of our uh, listeners and wine uh, connoisseurs, Dr. Constantine Frank, right? Um, he was a, uh, a doctor of what? Yeah, thank you. He was actually a, a PhD of viticulture. Ah, okay. He came to the U.S. from Ukraine. 
a very highly educated, intense, and driven man who could prove all kinds of things. Spoke something like seven languages. Unfortunately, none of them were English. Oh, no. Yeah. So it took him a little while to find people who understood what he was talking about. <laughs> and and he we call him the father of vinifera in New York State because... Right. People had tried it back, you know, when the early settlers came from Europe, they brought the vines, but they died. And they didn't yes. know they thought it was because it was cold. Turns out we have the lovely root Phylloxera, right. Um. And they, once he came and he said, we just need to get you on the right rootstock. And, and he, it wasn't AXR1, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But he had a test vineyard that, um, that he planted on the west side of Cuca Lake, which is one of the small Finger Lakes. It's As you go from east to west across the Finger Lakes, the altitude increases, and Cuca Lake is a small lake. So it doesn't provide as much protection as some of the larger lakes. Interesting. East to west is actually in uh, increases in elevation, and we're in Seattle, west to east. Right. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and and um, anyway, so his test vineyard was in one of the harshest climates in the Finger Lakes, and he tried 60-plus different varieties. The winery has trimmed that back a little over the years, but he's still got some interesting stuff going on there. Very exciting. Um, we don't have a lot of uh, um, New York grapes represented in our state, so I should take advantage of this opportunity and taste some wines. What wine did you pour for me first? This is a Thirsty Owl Riesling. Thirsty Owl is a winery located on the west side of Cayuga Lake in the Finger Lakes. Everybody in the Finger Lakes always talks about which lake they're on and which side of the lake they're on because it's all about protection for the vines. Oh, okay. Um, would you say, on average, uh, well, tell me who buys New York wines? The, the population of New York State, or are they exported, or um, do you have great local state support? Well, you know, we are lucky to have a market like New York City right in our backyard. And I need to go. <laughs> okay, fantastic. I'm going to sit here and enjoy this beautiful um, Riesling. It's uh, um, Thirsty Owl Riesling. And I actually have the winemaker here, or the owner of the winery, is John Cup. Um, he's in New York. Hey, John, uh, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Thanks for having us. So uh, tell me about this Thirsty Owl Riesling, uh, vintage, and um, who's making it, how much you're making, and there's a touch of residual sugar on this wine, which is very nice. I think it works goes with a great acidity. Uh, yeah, it does have some acidity. Uh, residual sugar is about 21 grams. Acidity is a little over 9, so we try to match our acidity with our residual sugars. Typically, our dries will be in the low 8s and maybe 6 grams residual. Uh, semis will typically be around 20 and 9 for TA. All right, that's probably over the head of most of our listeners, oh, I'm sorry. but I'm, I'm digging sorry. it. Um, tell me, uh, um, Ms. Spence was saying, talking about how the wineries like to mention which lake, Finger Lake, they're on and which side of the lake. When, where would you be? I'm on the west side of Cayuga Lake, which is a pretty big grape growing region within uh, the Finger Lakes. West side of Cayuga Lake, uh, early morning sun, so it dries off the things nicely. It's good for white grapes. My east side is a little bit better for reds, uh, west side a little bit better for whites, in my opinion. Uh, the particular area that we're in, that vineyard that you're tasting right now is one of the older Riesling vineyards that's still in production in the Finger Lakes. Very deep soil, so it's pretty fruit forward. If you go across the street, 300 yards, real shallow soil, a lot more minerality. So no matter what part of the Finger Lakes you're in, your wines can change a lot just within a property because the soil uh, composition has changed so much. I'm gathering from what um, Spence mentioned about the uh, phylloxera that you don't really have sandy soils. You have gravel and clay or something? Yeah, we do. We do. Okay. Um, how many wines are you producing? 
Uh, we're probably in the 22 to 24 range, depending yeah. on the year, but we're real heavy on aromatic whites. Pinot Gris, Rieslings, Gewürztraminers. We don't make enough Gewürztraminer. We only make about 400 cases, but I love it. Uh, Rieslings, we make quite a bit. The particular Riesling that you're tasting there is usually between 2,500 and 3,500 cases a year, depending on how production goes. Well, it is delicious. Uh, does Riesling lead the category in white wines, or is there somebody producing something else that's, that's you know, one of those big wineries that um, is making a Chardonnay or a Pinot Gris that overshadows the uh, Riesling? Uh, in our area, Riesling's the boss right now. There's nothing that's anything radically close uh, with Vinifera that's going to be anywhere close to Riesling. There's some Riesling production out there probably in the twenty to 40,000 case range. I'm thinking the uh, highest Vinifera of anything that I can think of is maybe 3,000 cases of maybe a Chardonnay. Okay, so the largest producer is really um, in 3,000 cases of, 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 a, of a Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Yeah, that's big for our area for okay. other than Riesling. So. And um, I just uh, really enjoyed that Racing. What was the vintage? That yeah, was 2014, which is your typical Finger Lakes vintage. Oh, there's no real typical vintage. Our, our seasons vary quite a bit. As long as it's not too hot and too dry are the big things, uh, we can throw a really good Riesling. It's hard to mess up. Uh, it's delicious. Congratulations. And have you participated in Riesling Rendezvous by chance? I have not yet. Okay, so it's happening in July in uh, Woodenville, Washington. Um, so you're going to select a red wine for me. I, I trust you're going to choose another Thirsty Owl, which is a really fun name. What wine do you have in mind? Uh, it's another red. I don't have a red with me. I have oh. ice wine with me. Be, it's a red ice wine, but it's quite different. Would you like to try a Merlot, maybe? Yeah, let's try the Merlot. Actually, yeah. Long Island, if you'd like. Perfect. A little wine from Long Island. Yeah. Susan was mentioning that uh, Long Island is really pretty cool. Okay, so um, John, what wine have you selected? I've selected Palmer Vineyards from Long Island, Merlot. Uh, I just tried this yesterday, it was really nice. Awesome, uh, I'm surprised they didn't call it Chateau Palmer. <laughs> right. We have some chateaus, but they're not that fancy. Uh huh, okay, so uh, this is a 2012 vintage, and is Merlot a, uh, a this says North Fork of Long Island? It is. That's a primarily the big growing region of Long Island. Uh, actually, that's the only one that's recognized that's on Long Island. Um, Merlot is the dominant great downstate. I, I'm guessing it's probably at least 60% of their planting stone. Sure, because it ripens early and it uh, doesn't mind being wet. It, correct. They do have some sandy soils down there. It's a lot different than our soil composition. I have up to, I think, 12 different soil types in one vineyard where we are. Oh, wow. It's quite a bit sandy. Makes so sense. They've got a lot of water, so that's typically kind of the beach to the scene. Um, delicious. What's the alcohol typically for, for some of the reds in New York? Uh, anywhere from high 12s up to maybe 14. You don't see too many over 14. It's the exception to the rule if you do see that. And what are some of the... Certain years, 2010, 2012, you might be able to get those with the degree days, but it's pretty hard to get higher than that. So, What are some of the uh, vine pressures that exist? Obviously, I, I think of a humid environment, uh, so you might get a little uh, mildew pressure. Yeah, downy mildew, powdery mildew are the big ones that you get, but try to start the end of the season when grapes start to get thin. Certain varieties. Uh, Pinot Noir, I make a lot of Pinot Noir up in the Finger Lakes, but it's a real tough one, especially towards the end of the season. Everybody asks, what kind of season are you having for Pinot? Don't ask me to tell it's in the bin because the last three weeks is everything with Pinot. Oh, interesting. Um, what's your website and uh, do you have any wines uh, on the West Coast? Uh, I don't have any wines on the West Coast. Hopefully we will soon. My website's thirstyowl.com. And what was the name Thirsty Owl come from? Uh, right a little bit embarrassing. An old family story. Somebody had too much wine and said they talked to an owl. So it's loosely based on that. 
kept saying, who are you? Woo! And he chatted back. Hey, John Cup with uh, Thirsty Owl Wines from New York and the Finger Lakes regions. Thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks for having us. Awesome.